thing. The whole thing is just, I find it distasteful, Diane. And I don't care who knows it. No, I'm not afraid to say how I feel in a moment's notice, in a moment's chagrin, a moment's, you know, discomfort, a moment's offense. It's 8.47 a.m. Saturday, June the 12th, 2021. I'm Bill. I'm Diane. It's the Bill and Diane Show. I was a little weak on the dude dudes. <laughs> well, I'm I felt just... like I felt as if you weren't you weren't with me, Diane. I felt abandoned, you know, cast out. <laughs> well, I got momentarily you were distracted, distracted by... by turning on the the uh, Diane was. Playing with a, with a remote, and so, you know, she wasn't here. She wasn't part of it. I'm sorry, but all of a sudden I felt warm, and I just yeah. thought I would do something. I'm glad you did do that, actually. I'm yeah. glad you did. So sorry you don't that, mind being Sorry that it messed up the whole beginning of the show, <laughs> but, you know, I guess those things can't be helped from time to time. It's a lovely morning, sun streaming in through the lovely windows, and making lovely marks on the lovely copting, and the kitchen is happy and it just it just exudes happiness throughout the rest of the house it's just amazing the way that kind of change can just i mean it, it everything is more fun to look at i know i, I don't get it i don't get and it and i'm going to go look at some paint today and oh make the the rest of the walls oh even more fun to look at oh my goodness i don't know diane <laughs> what was that the thing that the guy used to say overwhelmed by ecstasy or something yeah. <laughs> i'm not sure how much more of this i could take Diane. you know i'm just a guy exhausted you know. by ecstasy that's what it was exhausted by ecstasy oh, well. one time a, a a young friend of mine who was a guy oh he was a guy it was a guy who mm. said that he knew why i was always having trouble with with uh, romantic partners he said you know diane you're just too ecstatic all the time. And people just get exhausted by it. Uh, you just, you know, I think of myself as an ecstatic person, but you're just too ecstatic. It's like riding this wave all the time on this top level, and, and people just don't want that. Don't they? And I thought, who are you to tell me, you young man? <laughs> well, you know, it's the, it's the, um, what is it, the... Arrogance. I was going to say arrogance. I was looking for a softer world. The arrogance of youth. Yes. Oh, well. He might At least now we've got the whole world all figured out, Diane. Oh, man. I think that that's the, the interesting thing about getting older is that you realize more and more how little you know. Exactly. I think that's the primary lesson of aging is to expose one to one's own ignorance. Exactly. Yeah. But that's nice. It keeps the, it keeps a path in front of you, you know. It's like that's how one sustains oneself is to, I don't know. It's a mystery. Well, I've been thinking a lot lately. Well, wait a minute, Diane. Okay. I just wanted to let people know that, yes, yes, it has been a hectic week here in Lake Amphetamine as per usual. And now you may begin. <laughs> There is an order to things, Diane. I got myself a cup of coffee here, and I'm going to take me a sip. You weren't even holding a remote. I don't know why you keep trying to derail the whole yeah, flow of the show. We have a format to follow. 
because I'm riding on a wave of oh, ecstasy right. and See? you just aren't keeping I'm up. I'm sorry. All right. What were you thinking? It has come to me in my older years that you spend a lifetime gaining an ego. Right. And then the, about halfway through, you start saying, man, this ego is sort of a burdensome thing. Yeah. And I think you start, hopefully, losing your ego. Yeah. And I think that if you don't lose your ego when you're getting older, that your life can be miserable. Do you think? I believe that's true. Right. I would agree I with think that. you have to start divesting yourself of all the things that you constructed over your life. That's what I... Including your own sense of self-importance? Yes. Yes, I would agree. I would agree 100%. And this has really been made even more clear to me by the movie we watched last night, um, which I have seen before several yeah. times and loved. We've only had... seen it once before. Um, but as with many stories, I... I'm gaining more understanding of it from a different vantage point. Uh-huh. And the, the movie that we watched was Enchanted April. Right. Interestingly, the reason why this, this movie even came into my consciousness was because, uh, because of our Westminster Basement Study Group. Right. We've been having this literature of comedy salon. That's what Bridget called it. I thought that was so great to say that was more like a salon than a class but uh bill woolham had he's been introducing various concepts of of comedy and interestingly did you associate all those things with comedy i've never thought about it in those ways uh some of it i mean the the happier resolution i had heard the thing that you know in tragedy everybody dies in comedy everybody gets married yeah you know, that's i'd heard things of that nature before but uh no the and the vitality piece was i mean it's interesting how he's breaking it down yeah and i don't think i've i've it's i've never taken a course in comedy the way he has taught a course in comedy so i don't know where i would have heard some of these things before anyway it's not like comedy reveals i mean unless you're immersed in these different uh schools of literature there's really it's not like you're going to come up with the distinctions between them on your own, yeah. unless it's a, unless it's something that you're studying, or that you're trying to prepare some sort of uh, essay or statement regarding them. Then you would, you know, try to break down the differences between them. But uh, so it's interesting having these things brought to light. And no, I don't. They're not things that have occurred to me before. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about a different aspect of comedy in each salon group right. and uh, vitality was just the stated topic that bill said when he got back from a trip because this has been this a little bit longer this is tomorrow yeah that we'll be talking about it and vitality is one of the things he was keying on in anticipation of his next presentation and i unexpectedly i had all sorts of things that were coming to me about what I felt was vital in comedy. The first thing that he asked about was whether we had, he said, if you have any quotes from Walt Whitman, it'd be great to put them up on our outline board. And, uh, 
And I instantly knew which quote from Walt Whitman I would choose as from the song of myself. Right. Which I thought that that you could choose almost any passage from that wonderful poem. It just exudes vitality. Or throughout. I sing the body electric is another one. I mean, even the I title I sing yeah. the body electric. That's right. just amazing. But after I had posted the passage from Song of Myself that that I just loved, and I have have actually made a collage about it with a page that describes that particular passage because I just love that passage so much. Um, After that, I was thinking about Moonstruck, and that was why we watched Moonstruck again because I thought there's something very vital in the way that people are... What I almost feel uh, they have been enlivened in their lives, that they have come from a place of almost death to a place of life. And that's why I thought these things are vital. And I, I had a quote from Joseph Campbell that um, that Bill Woolham had actually asked me to save because he said, he told me that vitality was going to be our, our theme because I had told him that quote earlier. Anyway, he said this quote would be like the hammer on what vitality means in comedy. You talk about something called the soul's high adventure. My general formula for my students is follow your bliss. I mean, find where it is and don't be afraid to to follow it. Can my bliss be my life, love, or my life's work? Is it my work or my life? Well, if the work that you're doing is the work that you chose to do because you are enjoying it, that's it. But if you think, oh, gee, I couldn't do that, you know, that's your dragon that's locking you in. Oh, no, I couldn't be a writer. Oh, no, I couldn't do what so-and-so is doing. Unlike the classical heroes, we're not going on our journey to save the world, but to save ourselves. And in doing that, you save the world. I mean, you do. The influence of a vital person vitalizes. There's no doubt about it. It, it, it. The world is a wasteland. People have the notion of saving the world by shifting it around and changing the rules and so forth. And no, any world is a living world if it's alive. And the thing is to bring it to life. And the way to bring it to life is to find in your own case where your life is and be alive yourself, it seems to me. And I thought, okay, there, I've, I've put all my stuff out there that, that, uh, that I can think of for vitality. And then all of a sudden, this little nagging insistence in my mind about Enchanted April came around. And I just felt like it had something to do with vitality. And I didn't even remember why. I, it wasn't like I instantly thought, oh, it's because this happened and this happened. I just thought about Enchanted April. And, and yesterday at my life coaching session, hmm. which I'm having in the middle of a extremely busy time at work, hmm. um, just that is uh, kind of more daunting to me right now, just because I, and I think it's because I'm feeling more and more like I want to be freed from these shackles, you know, and I never had thought of it in those ways, but I'm starting to feel eager to 
drop this right. in in a way I never thought I'd feel. Right. And so when I was, uh, I, I had to take an hour in the middle of my morning, which had been a very busy morning. And, and I had, I, I always write these uh, session focus entries for Shelly to tell her what I've been thinking about for the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and I had not had time yeah. to really focus on my little life project as as much as I had been on work. But I still found, even with that, that I had done a lot of of work on the on what I'm calling my life project just because it's just part of my focus. Just things that I've read, people I've talked to, conversations that I've had, uh, particularly a conversation with Kathy and my brother that had great revelatory meaning to me and so I was sharing that with her and for the first time we had um, a life coaching session that was more traditional because in the past I've I've sort of just been telling stories of uh, the the explorations I've been making during the previous two weeks but this time not so much mm -hmm. and She's, uh, she was listening to something that I said about a, the revelation I had from a conversation with Kathy. Kathy had pointed out to me in, in a conversation that we were having, because we were talking about, uh, she had had an exercise in a biography class that was talking about remembering your childhood living room. And I couldn't remember it. And I asked my brother whether he remembered it, and he said no. And I was thinking, well, it's because we have had so many homes in our lives. We didn't really get a chance to even focus. It was always transitory. And she was, because we never lived any more than five years in any place right. when I was growing up. Right. And so she was asking me why that was, and I told her about my father's work and how he had gone into these uh, various he'd been transferred around a lot it was yeah kind of, it was for, kind of for promotions for promotions purposes yeah yeah and she made an observation that just never occurred to me which was well that's really interesting diane because it's like your your family was focused on work that's why you're having such a hard time retiring because it was sort of like that was the focus of your family that you would be going forward to follow where the work was and follow the promotions she said my family we were focused on the place and the community and there was no judgment about this it wasn't like your way was bad she was just pointing out to me that this was uh, an issue that might have arisen for me in the retirement concept and so I was telling Shelly about it, and and Shelly focused, because she kind of honed in on a couple of comments that I had made. And she said, I'd really like to drill down a little bit more than I ever have before. I would like to ask you about this, because I was telling her how work had been such a focus in my own life and that it almost was difficult to release it, you know, that, uh, that it became such a habitual thing. Mm -hmm. And she was asking me what 
it was doing to protect me. And I instantly just started crying because I knew what it had done to protect me. And I was basically saying, well, it's because when I was a kid, I was sort of a dorky kid with bifocals and I was always moving around and and I didn't see any self-worth in me except from work. And my work when I was a kid was school and then school became work. Yeah. Yeah. And then I said I I couldn't control the fact that I wasn't pretty or the fact that I wasn't incredibly smart, but I could control how much I worked and and so it became such a an object of self-value. And I had just read uh, because after my interest in in exploring Enchanted April for the Westminster Basement Study Group, I had started to read the book, which I never had done, and I had just come upon this amazing quote right before my life coaching session. And so when I was telling her about this, I said, oh my God, you know, this one quote that just really had impact for me, Of course, she said in a low voice, almost as if she were afraid the vicar and the savings bank were listening. It would be most beautiful. Most beautiful. Even if it were wrong, said Mrs Wilkins, it would only be for a month. And anyhow, I'm sure it's wrong to go on being good for too long till one gets miserable. And I can see you've been good for years and years because you look so unhappy. Mrs Arbuthnot opened her mouth to protest. And I... I've done nothing but things for other people ever since I was a little girl. And I don't believe anybody loves me a bit... a, a, a bit the, the, the better. And and I long... Oh, I, I long for something else. Something else. That quote had actually totally undone me. I mean, I just felt... I felt like that was my issue, is that I've been trying to be good for so long, trying to be good in every way, you know, trying to be the good pupil, the the pure, decent, honorable person. <laughs> but I just felt like what is within me that is, that is truly good, that... And that's why I love the the poem, Wild Geese. You don't even have to be good. That idea that you don't have to be good as far as what our society thinks is, is good. And so when we watched the movie last night, I was just floored by all the ways that we shackle ourselves, that we are the ones that that put these shackles on ourselves thinking that duty or responsibility responsibility power money looks all the things that we take on and that was when I was really thinking there's a a part that you have to do that though there's a part of your life that you need to take those things on and then at this point of your life I think you need to rid yourself of them yeah Sort of like, once again, the trajectory of life. Anyway. It's an interesting uh, uh, part of existence. 
my life is so much more surfacey than yours, Diane. You know, I'm, you know, I'm Mr. Shallow. What are you talking about? Pardon me, I'm having another drink of coffee. My week has been taken up with figuring out technical aspects because Kat and I are doing this. Kat and I are doing a live stream benefit concert for the Cooth Buzzard on Tuesday night on YouTube. And uh, it's a different kind of thing, and I'm kind of out of practice on the live streaming thing when I'm doing the doing the treehouse every week I always felt like I knew exactly what I how I had to do what I was doing this time I'm like okay do I know what I do I do I know how how I'm supposed to be doing this what happens if something goes wrong because I don't know what I'll do if something goes wrong I haven't worked that out yet (laughs) but anyway so my week has been kind of caught up in that kind of stuff and figuring things out and trying to publicize the the thing and stuff and Well, I don't think that, I don't think my mind would be, well, no, my mind always goes this way. What am I saying? Your mind always goes that way. And I can understand why the, I mean, watching from my vantage point, it's interesting to see how your attitude toward your job is shifting. And it's because you're pursuing these other things. It's, you're, you are uh, advancing the next phase of your life in anticipation of retirement and so these two things are really at odds within you and I can see what's winning and it's 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 you know as a in the evolution of a life you know it's you're as usual exactly where you should be and uh, you are asking all the right questions and, <laughs> and, and, and you know you're immersed in the journey <laughs> you know and uh, so it's admirable to sit back and watch you operate but you know well, it's but another having one of those this- this life coaching thing it's basically just focusing it's like you're laser focusing on various things and and like when you're talking about well what's gone on for me during this week that's what's been going on for me well no i mean i i I do appreciate that most definitely but it's 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 amazing to be a witness to the artistic organizers approach to anything is interesting to me because I'm not an artistic organizer. My art is not organization. My art is kind of to welcome randomness, you know. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to get information from wherever it's available, whereas you have a very uh, deliberate and well-practiced talent for delving and seeking information and filling in blanks and, and, and plotting a path uh, I've always thought that, you know, if you had been introduced to the game of chess as a child, you would probably be an excellent chess player because your you, your art is thinking six moves ahead and and asking questions in advance to where when the moment uh, of actuality occurs, you know exactly where you are, you know. And it's, it's I don't know, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to watch, and also it's kind of, I don't want to say amusing, it's, 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 it gives life a lovely kind of wistful quality to recognize how differently I work my own head from the way you work your own head. And the fact that we get along so well is just like this. <laughs> it just makes a really delightful kind of totality of experience i think that the the balance between the two because even shelly she's you know like in the 
yeah. Myers Briggs personality. She tested into your personality, the yeah. ENFP. And right. And that that quality of randomness and spontaneity, that's the the one difference that I have in my personality than uh. yours and then Shelley's. But between when Shelley and I were together, we used to say, it's like we've got one brain, you yeah. know, because there's something about having those two aspects that that provides the best of life rather than being too structured or being too random having it sort of somewhat in the middle because of the two personalities it's yeah. really good yeah agreed so anyway it makes me feel like you know i've been my occurrences of the week are kind of external compared to yours not that i have no internal journey going on myself but the recounting it is, I, I don't have, there's no way to recount it in a linear fashion. Because now, you I, would write a poem about it. Right. If I had written a new song or something like that, I could play the song, see. But I don't have anything like that right now because I'm a bum and I'm lazy <laughs> and I do, I'm good for nothing. And, uh, you know. I just learned this morning, too, that in Enchanted April, the older woman in the book is 65. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. So uh, it's very interesting to. Yes, I had forgotten that that part of the story, the uh, kind of the awakening of the of the older woman, uh, everybody kind of re re. Well, they transform. And... Yeah, they discover their inner vitality again, or yeah. it's it's re enlivened in them in some way, in this place, and I had forgotten that part of it. But especially when you think about. Uh, because in this story, which I really am telling people, you really must see the movie or, or read the book because it's just, they're both marvelous. Yeah. Uh, but the older character, the reason why she is having difficulty is that she has established herself in the world and she has this tight reins on herself. She says, I'm not going to let myself go. I'm not going to. She keeps feeling these these tugs to do something that will these urges you yeah know? these urges and the very fact something. that she's feeling an urge she finds on some level she finds you know intrusive and offensive on, yeah it, it, sort it of like offends I her. feel this but I'm not going to let yes. it happen I will not me. yield to this <laughs> I will not yield and then she primitive feeling <laughs> primitive but when you see the expressions on people's faces that was one of the things that really <coughs> captured me this time around is seeing how when somebody is feeling joy and they are smiling and laughing their whole being transforms that is what makes somebody beautiful is that joy it has nothing to do with the ways that we're presented with beauty it's it's more uh an inner glow of joy and love, I think. I see. I'm sorry I, That's okay. that I'm kind of going off on these tangents, but but that's where my head goes, and this is our Saturday morning conversation. So there it's, you go. It's true. It's true. And the music, Diane. <laughs> it was also because of the the themes of the day, right. because. Um, Whenever I'm thinking about music, I'm always thinking, well, what's been going on this week? And has there been some music? So 
all of a sudden in my mind I was thinking about the circle game because in addition to these explorations that I've been doing with the <laughs> Enchanted April, I've also been watching some old home movies. I've been trying to uh, get some clips that are boiled out of this very long uh, home movie string that is in itself a bunch of small clips. And I was watching these clips of my myself and my family when I was a child. And, and I was thinking when I watch myself on the beach where I'm, I'm just, I don't know, how old do you think I was in the about four or younger? No, I'd say no younger than four, maybe I was thinking maybe five or six, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like four to six years old. And the reason why I was thinking I was around four is because of the way I was moving in the world. I was just, I had this almost um, pixie-like quality uh, in the way I was moving around. And, and it's interesting to watch yourself in a video from our age group, I know that videos really existed for um, like your daughter's age. A lot of, a lot more people had the capacity to have videos. Right, they, yeah. But yeah, these are old Super Eight. Yeah, but movies. I didn't realize when I was a child how, how that was an unusual thing that my father had that yeah. and was taking films of us. But to watch yourself as a child. And the way that you're moving through life, not just seeing stills of yourself, but actually watching the movement, uh, it, it's quite a wild uh, experience. And I've seen these home movies a lot throughout my life, but for some reason, it just became clear to me that I'm not viewing that child as me. I'm just viewing that child as a child. Mm. And... And I just like that child, you know? But I was thinking about, uh, just when we were talking about the trajectory, I, I was thinking about how when you're a child, everything is passion and life. It's sort of like you take on all these things as you go through um, that make you feel more duty-bound and more... It's part of learning. It's yeah. It's part of learning what it means to be growing up, or something like that. It's like when you're. I think the the key thing that people yearn for when they think about wishing that they could be a child again is safety. What you have in childhood that you don't have in adulthood is a sense of safety that is all pervading, and it allows you uh, an imaginative life that can't exist once you start to accept responsibility. Uh, it has to change. You you don't have that sense of security that you have when you're a child. If if you have that, if that's something that is you are lucky enough to have as a child, it's an irreplaceable quality uh, that you don't get to experience again. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad saying, you know, he used to talk to my sister and I about how we should be cherishing our our youth because it doesn't last. And there was a quality of, you know, you'd watch him as he was saying these things and you'd realize, yeah, he doesn't have this anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, we couldn't define what he was talking about, but he just said that we should be enjoying ourselves as long as we could. Enjoy this. 
because it doesn't last. Well, so. and it's, I think it's also, aside from the that quality of your life, it's also because you're just starting and yeah, everything is, new. everything is exciting and beautiful and new and yeah. you see everything is magical and then you start taking on these and i even see it in these videos i see what was for example there's one part of a video where i'm watching my brother shoot a bb gun and he's and i've got my finger up my nose and obviously somebody off camera said stop picking your nose or something because I instantly have this look of shame and embarrassment and, and instantly take my hands down. And so you're, you're actually watching in real time how your life changes mm -hmm. from being this being that's just running through life in this pixie fashion to this, um, to a good girl who doesn't pick her nose. And, <laughs> At least not while the camera's running. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, you know, I, I feel like when we're talking about the music, uh, the circle game, it stops at age 20. I, I always felt like, you know, there needs to be, you could, you could have at least six or seven more verses to that song because, you know, circle doesn't stop when you're 20. It keeps, keeps cycling around, but. Joni was about that age when she wrote it, so there wasn't... She didn't have enough experience to talk about the rest. Right. And that she would, was that writing that an... song. She wrote that song in response to uh, Sugar Mountain by Neil Young. Um, so that's an interesting song to listen to also. What was Sugar Mountain about? Oh, it was about loss of youth, you know. Same kind of thing, you know. He's, I think it was, it was something about, you know, you can't be 20 on Sugar Mountain... So you're thinking that you're leaving there too soon, you're leaving there too soon, or something like that. Uh, it's a little bit more obscure, but I, I remember reading somewhere in an interview with Joni Mitchell that the Circle Game came as a response to that. Wow. Yeah, so. And the other song is just because of the, uh, the themes of the Enchanted April of just being full of love, you know, all I want. It's a big song, you know. I mean, the jealousy, the greed is the unraveling. It's the unraveling, and it undermines, you know. Talking about the shackles versus yeah. what you can do to just live. So, yeah. it's yeah, it's been an interesting week, and I feel like a lot of these thoughts have actually been breakthroughs for me in some weird way to realize that. For so much of my life, I've been trying to be good, yeah. and that it doesn't make me better or more lovable. It just makes me feel shackled. Yeah, but so, uh, it's only because of where you are now. Yeah. For most of that time, it did not make you feel shackled. You may have yeah. had moments of resentment about it, but it's because you're seeing, a, you know, a different set of important things that you are anxious to get to in your life. And so it's, it makes sense that now would be the time you would notice the shackles because you're about to cast them off. Well, and especially because when you think about the circle game, Joni was talking about it in a, in a cyclical thing between year and year, but really I'm thinking about the cycle now being your whole life and right. how you're now trying to get back, which 
Joni would not have known about but right. at that time. Right. But you're trying to get back to where you were when you first came into this world. So I got a feeling you're going to make it. <laughs> It'd be fun to be a part of. Yesterday a child came out to wonder Better 
happened plenty before the last revolving year is through, and the seasons they go round and round, and the painted ponies go up and down. We're captive on a carousel of time. We can't return. We can only look behind from where we came and go round and round and round in a circle. Make you feel better. Wanna make you feel better. 